Bionic Warrior Podcast, Episode 5, The Order of Man with Ryan Mickler. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Bionic Warrior podcast. I am your host, Guru Mike Panna, chief instructor and founder of the Bionic Warrior Martial Arts Academy, located right here in the sunny Dallas, Texas area. If this is your first time joining us, the goal of the Bionic Warrior podcast is to speak to individuals who are making a difference in the world around them. The word Bayani is a Filipino word for hero, and we aim to bring you talks and interviews with leaders who are acting as heroes in the communities that they serve. In today's episode, we speak to Ryan Mickler, founder and host of one of the most popular podcasts in the world, The Order of Man. Ryan Mickler is a leader for thousands of men from all over the world who wish to become the best men they can be for their families, their workplaces, and their communities. On a personal note, I am a huge fan of The Order of Man, and it has been instrumental in the way I lead my family, my Bayani warrior tribe, and my business. I have recommended Ryan's work to my male students, and several of them have become fans of the show as well. This is a huge honor to have Ryan Mickler on our podcast. So sit back, relax, and try to glean some wisdom from this gentleman, because I think you'll learn a lot from what he has to say. All right, guys, without further ado, here's my interview with Ryan Mickler. All right, Ryan, thank you so much for meeting me today, man. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk. Yeah, you bet, Mike. Glad to be here, man. Just a few questions. I know that you know I've been following your podcast for a long time. It's really helped me out in my life. Um, one of the things that I want to talk about today is for those of my viewers or those of my uh, my uh, my listeners who don't know who you are, what the Order of Man is. If you could just give a little bit about your background to start. Yeah, you bet. You bet. I mean, we can go back all the way to the time I was three years old, but uh, we don't need to get into too yeah, much detail. But yeah, I uh, I grew up without a, a permanent father figure in my life, and, and long story short, I really floundered on what it meant to be a man. Uh, and and uh, I went through a near divorce. I've had business setbacks and failures. I've had confidence issues. I mean, I've had I've had health problems. I mean, you name it, I've had it. These are things that that men are dealing with. And as I began to talk more about these issues in my personal life, I recognized that there was a lot of guys out there going through the very same thing uh, that I had went through, and I had managed to figure out a way out of it and figure out a way to really improve and enhance my life. And of course, by default, enhance the lives of the people around me. And that's when I decided a couple of years ago, just over two years ago now to launch order of man, which is dedicated to helping men become better men, better fathers, better leaders, better community leaders, uh, better husbands. And so that's what we set out to do through a blog and a podcast a couple of years ago. And, uh, it's really taken off. Uh, you're part of that group. I mean, it's it's taken off because it's a testament to the power of men banding together, sharing what's really on their mind, being vocal about the problems they're dealing with, and then helping each other come up with the solutions. Uh, so it's been an exciting ride, and uh, that gets us up today and, and some of the things that we're doing now. So that's a little bit of a brief background on what we're doing. Awesome, man. So, yeah, that's great. And, you know, one of the other things that I wanted to ask you is uh, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you, I listened to your Friday Field Notes. Um, I'm uh-huh. a huge fan of the Friday Field Notes. Um, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I really think they're a great thing. They're really short. They're really concise, very informative, very educational things. And they hit on a lot of notes as ter- in terms of what it means to be a, a good man. So um, I'm curious about uh, your military background. I know you refer to that a lot in the Friday Field Notes. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think the idea of doing an after-action report, you've mentioned after action reports and terminology right. such as that. Um, yes. You know, how has your military, well, first of all, can you describe a little bit about your service, how you started out in it, uh, what motivated you to serve, um, as well as any lessons uh, that you've taken from your military service? 
Yeah, yeah, you bet. So I joined the uh, National Guard when I was 18 years old. I was still a, a senior in high school. And so me and two other buddies joined the National Guard. We always had visions of serving and and, and that noble and honorable calling that we had the opportunity to participate in. And in addition to that, it gave me the opportunity to pay for schooling. Uh, which was a benefit as well. I didn't end up using that. <laughs> I I had the GI Bill available and some other benefits available, and I think I went to one semester of college and decided I'm not doing that again. So I didn't really capitalize on that component, but six years into my military service, uh, we, my, me and my, myself and my two other buddies found ourselves flying up the Euphrates River in Iraq. And uh, man, it was a, it was an eye-opening experience to see what the, the the life is like for people outside of where you and I are fortunate enough to live, and uh, required a lot of discipline and commitment. We had some hardships. I mean, there wasn't a day that went by where we didn't get hit with rockets and mortars, and so there was some real challenging times. But I think through that, you learn discipline, you learn dedication and commitment and grit and mental fortitude and physical resiliency. And all of these things that apply perfectly to civilian life as well. Uh, obviously, we're talking about life and death situations. And when you are a civilian, the odds of you facing a life or death situation are significantly small. Uh, but, you know, starting a business, marriage and everything else that we deal with on a daily basis and discipline and commitment and dedication and doing things you don't want to and all the lessons that we learned while we were serving in Iraq apply perfectly to uh, our everyday lives as well, which is what I'm doing now. So when you began to start the Order of Man, um, for our listeners who might not be familiar with this, I know you had a, uh, a Friday Field Notes regarding the origins of Order of Man, but for our listeners yeah. who are not uh, as familiar with your podcast, um, you know, what spurred the idea? Was there a, like an aha moment where, you know, I was, you know, you, you got to start this podcast and did you ever, did you see it going to the level that it is right now? Because like you said, you have like 28,000 members on the Facebook page. I mean, you got a really strong following. In fact, Interestingly enough, uh, as I was driving to work today, I was listening to The Pressure Project with one of my brothers in the Sioux tribe, Justin Garcia, Master Chim. That's right. And uh, you were talking to him, and I loved the interview. I thought it was awesome. And uh, right you on, know, Master Chim is a, uh, from what I understand, I've listened to his podcast for a long time. Um, he's a straight talker, obviously, <laughs> really great dude, tough guy. Um, and so I knew that if, if you were on his show, he must have had a definite uh, high opinion of you. So yeah. definitely what... What, what was that aha moment in terms of I got to start the Order of Man or maybe was it a certain situation or was it a series of situations? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, if we were to rewind roughly nine years ago, my wife and I actually went through a separation. And uh, I remember – I don't remember what we got into an argument about, but I do remember looking her in the eye and telling her I didn't even want to be married anymore. And she agreed. She said the same thing. And the next morning she left. I was going up to do some training in Salt Lake, which is about four hours north of me. And I was driving up there that morning. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like my, my marriage is falling apart. The woman I love is, is leaving. And I turned around and I tried to convince her to stay. And by that time, it was too little too late. And so for a long time, I blamed her and I put it all on her. Like it's her fault. How could she do this to me? Why wasn't she loyal? Why wasn't she doing the, good, the things a good wife I think should do at that point? And somewhere along the way, I recognized, yeah, I mean, maybe she had a, play, a part to play in this. For sure, it's a relationship. But I think it was probably more me. And I had become someone other than she had married. And the burdens of life and stress and uh, my own inadequacies had manifested themselves in a way that was not conducive to the relationship that I wanted to develop with my wife. 
And I went on a journey, man. I, I, shoot, I, I listened to CDs. I read books. I found guys that were crushing it in business and their relationships and their health. And then I learned from them. And, and I'm still on this journey. I haven't figured it all out. But that was the catalyst for change for me. And long story short, my wife this year and I will be married for 13 years. Nice. Uh, we've got four children. Uh, business is better than it's ever been. My health is is just uh, greater than it's ever been. And, and it's a testament to the power of going to work on yourself and taking absolute ownership, which is what I talked about on Justin's podcast, absolute ownership of yourself and every element of your life. And yeah, there's other people that have a, pl- a part to play in this. But at the end of the day, like if we took more responsibility, uh, we'd be in a much better position than we currently are. And so I, I launched Order of Man with the goal of helping guys do just that. And I know that you've discussed uh, basically the three roles of a man, um, yeah. and they are protect, provide, and preside, if I'm not mistaken. So That's I was wondering right. if you could kind of discuss that. Um, I've heard it expressed in that way from different sources, but the way I like the way you present it. So if you don't mind elaborating on that. Sure, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, with regards to protect, I get this question a lot. What does it mean to be a man? And, and at the end of the day, a man is, is somebody who's uh, capable of being responsible and accountable for himself and those he has an obligation to be responsible for. Right. Like when you get married, I don't. Are you married? Yes, sir. (laughs) Okay, so when you get married, I mean, you're essentially signing on the dotted line that says, you know, I will take care of you. I will provide for you. I will protect you. I will lead this family and and be effective in those roles. And I see society going away from that. I see a trend in society that says that men don't need to do those things or it's not as important as it once was. And while things have certainly changed in modern times, uh, require an adaptation to the way that we fulfill our roles. Those roles are just as important as they ever were. So number one, protect, right? We've got to be protectors. We've got to be physically strong, mentally tough, emotionally resilient. Not to say we don't have emotions, but we need to be resilient. We need to strive to understand those emotions. And when we can do those things and keep a level head and keep ourselves calm and be physically strong and fit and conditioned, uh, we're going to protect ourselves. That could be a, a natural disaster, a blizzard, or, hey, you just need to change the car on the tire, or it could be an active shooter type situation, or you might have to defend yourself in a street fight or a robbery or whatever it may be, or stand up for somebody who can't defend themselves. Yeah, that's what we did in Iraq. You know, that's why we were there. We were there as protectors. So that's the the first responsibility. Uh, second, do you want me to go to the next one? Or oh, yes, you please, absolutely, please. Okay, do. all right. Uh, secondary. Uh, I shouldn't say set. It's not secondary. It's just in addition to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is a provider. And obviously when I say provide, a lot of us think about financial provision, and that's certainly an element of it. But modern times have changed, and there's women entering the workforce and doing a wonderful job. Uh, There's men that are staying at home, stay-at-home fathers, and they're doing a wonderful job. So when I say provision, I mean you got to make that work for your family. It might be financial provision. Uh, It might also be that you're emotionally providing or you're the spiritual uh, provider or leader within your family dynamic. And so there's a lot of different ways that we can show up and provide for our families and our communities and our neighbors and our friends and the people that we care about and the people that are relying upon us. But at the end of the day, uh, men are productive. We, we give more than we take because it's our job to provide and, and supply the provisions needed to create a thriving family and community. And the third component of that is to preside. And when I say preside, there's a lot of confusion about what that even means. Preside is about leadership. It's about leading in every element of your life. It's about leading your family with honor and integrity and discipline and commitment and drive and doing everything you need to do there. 
Uh, it's about stepping up in your community as a community leader, whether that's through politics or it could be as something as simple as coaching your son's baseball team and, and showing up in the community that way. If you've got spiritual obligations, maybe you're leading other men and women and families uh, how to connect to a higher power. Uh, there's so many different ways. It might even be at work. You know, you're tasked with a project or uh, you're in a management position and you've got 10 people or 100 people relying upon you to show up fully. And uh, again, society has just drifted and said, it's okay if you don't show up fully because it will all be taken care of for you. And this, uh, this, this thought of, or this pattern of mediocrity is dis discouraging at best and absolutely destructive to uh, society at worst. Absolutely. And I know that you've, uh, we at Bionic Warrior uh, here at this podcast, we're a Bionic Warrior Martial Arts. We're a, a martial arts organization. Um, we're a school here in Dallas, Texas. And so, um, you know, you talk about the protect as being really, it kind of starts off as that. Why do you feel that protection is the primary role? At least, that, 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 I wouldn't say the, the, necessarily the primary role, but the first thing that the man has to learn how to do before he can do everything else. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily the primary or the first thing that he needs to learn. But I'll tell you what, being in shape and knowing how your body works and knowing how to defend yourself mm -hmm. uh, is a pretty important component of masculinity. You never know when you're going to be faced with uh, a physical adversity or trial or an obstacle that you have to overcome. And for a long time, man, I was uh, – let's see, three and a half years ago, I was 50 pounds more than what I weigh today. And my kids came to me and they said, hey, dad, let's go jump on the trampoline. And I had to look him in the eye and say, sorry, kids, I can't. I literally couldn't because I was exhausted at the end of every day and I wasn't living to, to my full potential. And so, you know, if, if, if we got in a car accident and a, uh, a car door fell on my wife, I was incapable of even lifting that off of her. You know, or, or I got into a fight or I got into an altercation or I found myself in a natural disaster or I found myself lost in the woods or whatever. And, and if I'm incapable physically of, of stepping up to that challenge, what's the point of having me around? You know, we hear about these active shooter type situations, for example, and you hear about the guy who's cowering in the corner throwing kids in front of him as the shield. Or is he the guy that's, a charging, that's charging that attacker and taking charge of the situation and be assertive in that situation? That's what the world needs, not the guy that hides in the corner. Amen. So um, you, talk, you mentioned a lot in this interview about fitness. And I know that you're really, I know you, you went through a bodily transformation after going through certain things, you decided to go on to a fitness journey. What is uh, your current fitness routine? Do you subscribe to one? Um, and, you know, really what keeps you motivated to keep going on that path? Yeah. So, I, you know, I think about motivation, I think motivation, we've got to be very, very careful with that word. Uh, it's a word that is thrown around quite a bit. And I think it's hyped up and it's almost falsified in a way. I don't think motivation as, is as important as discipline. And, and just having the discipline and the expectation, a clear expectation of what it's going to take to get yourself in shape. Uh, for me, I was sitting in a parade and a new CrossFit gym had opened up and somebody came and dropped a flyer off and I said, yeah, that's it. I'm doing that. And at that point, it wasn't about motivation. It was about discipline. It was about me doing what needed to be done and about me committing to going into the gym every single day. Not sometimes, not when I felt like it, not when I felt good, but every single day. And I've continued that regimen over the past three and a half years. Not perfectly, but pretty dang good. 80, 90% I've been able to accomplish that. And that's how we see the results in our lives. So I do CrossFit. Um, I, I, I do think we tend to overcomplicate a lot of this fitness stuff. 
I think a lot of the times we think that there's some special program or unique rep scheme or formula that we need to learn when in all reality, man, if you've been sitting on the couch for the past decade, the first thing you need to do is you need to go for a run or a jog or walk your dog, right? Or you need to cut out the soda or you need to go to sleep on time. These are all things that guys know and yet they're saying to me and you probably even, I don't have motivation. I'm not motivated. Screw motivation. Just be disciplined. Like commit to it. Are you committed or you're not? And if you are, then understand what it's going to take and do that. And I think the more that we focus less on the result, the outcome, and focus more on the process and the procedure of getting ourselves in shape, I think the better off we're going to be. Oh, amen. That's absolutely true. You know, I found that, you know, if I don't start my day off working out, I don't know if you go through this yourself, uh, but if I don't start the day wor off working out, I don't feel better throughout the day. I just feel slower. I feel more tired. Ironically, I feel more tired if I don't, <laughs> if I don't yeah. work out, no, despite all the effort in the morning, right? We really preach to our students about anywhere martial arts to really take in, I mean, no matter how hard you work out, if what you're eating is crap, it's really not going to help you very far. So is yeah. there any – you? I, I, I don't know if you subscribe necessarily to a diet, but is there a um, – are certain foods or certain ways that you eat that kind of keep you in shape? Yes. I mean you're right. Like the, di the th diet – like I don't even use that word anymore. So when people say, what's your diet like? I'm like, I don't have a diet. I just eat food that, that is good for you. So at the end of the day, like not to complicate this at all. There is no need to complicate it. I eat meat, vegetables, and water. That's it. Like – there's no secret formula, you know, there's no secret, hey, here's this special super fruit or here's the special supplement that you need to take every morning. It's like, no, just eat lean meat and not a lot of it. Just eat lean meat, eat tons of vegetables. I love broccoli, steamed broccoli, a little gar garlic in there, asparagus. Uh, we do a lot of salads uh, and then I drink water with lemon and that's my diet. Now, some guys will say, oh, I, I get so sick of that. Well, you will if you do the same thing over and over again, but you can, you can be creative with your dishes. Uh, even on my cheat days, you know, like when I go out to a restaurant, you know, I still like to have like a loaf of, not a loaf of bread, but a slice of bread or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so I might skim back and, and not get the chips normally I'd order. Or instead of getting a burger, I'd get a steak so I don't have that piece of bread. I wouldn't get a, a soda. I would just get water. And so there's little ways just to skim back where you don't need to completely like not enjoy the things that you're eating, but just do it in a way that's moderate and you'll see big, big results in that. And I noticed that you are very much uh, pro-Second Amendment, from what I'm understanding. At the very least, you are uh, you are definitely a gun owner. You train with firearms. Um, I believe this is part of your protector role. Can you elaborate on that a little bit as well as are you doing anything else uh, in terms of maybe martial arts training, combatives training uh, to fulfill that protector role in your life? Yeah, that's a good point. Yes, I do train with firearms. Yes, I do love my guns. I've got quite the gun collection. I've got it sitting right here next to me. Um, is it necessary to own a gun or be a hunter when it comes to being a man? I, I don't know if it's necessary, but I do believe every man should understand how to operate a gun and should probably fire one at some point, to, at least at a minimum, at some point in his life. Look, the reality of you being faced with a gun, whether you find one in the road, which I did when I was about eight, seven, eight years old, uh, to you staring at the barrel of a gun to your, your, your child gets exposed to. I mean, there's so many ways and like to, to plead ignorance and say, I don't want anything to do with guns is not a productive way of approaching life. And so my thought is just go fire one, learn the basic operations of how firearms work and learn some, some basics like this, this will take you an afternoon and learn those basics. And, and that way, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you might need to use a firearm, you'll, you'll be prepared to do that at least to some degree. 
Uh, as far as martial arts training, I haven't up until recently. I am getting into some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I've got a friend who, who fights, uh, not professionally, but he's an amateur fighter. And uh, he's going to start training me, which I'm excited about as well, because up until this point, uh, I really haven't done any martial arts training outside of like when I was 10 years old, I did some Kempo karate classes or something like that. But uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to getting to that. I did wrestle in high school, so my grappling is, is not, I'm sure it's not up to par, but at least I know some basics there. Of course. If you're ever in Texas, come by and train with us, man. We'd that love would be awesome. For a class, I love man. it, man. And I know you mentioned this in other podcasts as well in terms of leadership. You talked about protect, provide, presiding. Let's talk about the presiding a little bit. In your opinion, what maybe are the three things that would define a leader? Yeah, I mean the best definition I've ever heard of a leader is a leader is somebody that can take somebody else to a place they could not have imagined or made it to on their own. And that's that's the end of the day. That's what a leader is. The the part of of that that, that is missing is that can either you, be used positively or negatively, constructively or destructively, right? And I, I think we would probably all agree, for example, that Hitler had the ability to lead people. There's no doubt, but he used that for pure evil and hate and violence in this world. And and so the component I think of leadership is we all have, in my mind, a moral obligation to use our abilities and talents and gifts and skills in order to positively impact the world. I was sitting in the dugout last night. I coached my two oldest boys baseball teams and the, the game was over and all the boys had left and there was about three or four or five water bottles in the dugout just sitting around and it was me and my boy and I said, hey Breck, let's go pick up those water bottles and we'll go throw them in the trash. And he grabbed a couple and I grabbed a couple, we threw them away. And I said, you know, Breck, that's not really necessarily quote unquote our responsibility if somebody else left it there. But as leaders and as men, we always leave a place better than the way that we found it. And so that's what leadership is about. It's about serving other people. It's about giving. It's about honor. It's about being a man of your word. And it's about from down to maybe the more tactical. It's about having a vision and then being able to articulate that vision to others so they want to go on that journey with you. Um, we talked about the protector part. We talked about the presiding part. Uh, let's talk about the providing part. What can uh, we as leaders and you know men and you know family leaders uh, do to better you know our finances? Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of the timeline here. About eight years ago, I started in the financial planning practice, and I'm not going to get into the long depth of that, but uh, eventually I went out and started my own practice, and I still own my practice. I work with my existing clients. I don't take on any new clients at this point, but I do work with my existing clients. And I think first and foremost, sorry, you might hear my dog over here. He's, it's all he's, good getting, a little, he's getting a little excited there. Uh, but I think first and foremost, uh, when it comes to money and finances, I think it's really about getting the mindset down and understanding how money works because a lot of us approach money and our financial decisions with this this baggage that we just bring because we we're raised. You know, if I were to say, for example, money doesn't grow on trees, everybody's heard that. Or a penny saved is a penny earned. Everybody's heard that. Or if I were to say this, fill in the blank, rich people are blank. Most people would immediately in their knee-jerk reaction would be a negative response, greedy, uh, thieves, crooks, criminals, jerks. And so we come up with these negative responses. And what that's telling me is that we learned these set of beliefs and patterns from somebody, usually our parents or our school teachers, and it ended up damaging the way that we view money. And so a lot of people look at money as evil, but the reality is money is not evil and it's not good. It's just a thing. 
It's how we use that money. And the more money that we have in our life and the better we are with our finances, the more we're able to do amazing things, start businesses that serve other people, serve on charitable boards and organizations, give money back to a church or a charitable cause you believe in, uh, volunteer your time, raise your family, go on vacations, hire people, pay taxes even. These are all things that, that, that contribute to a thriving economy and a thriving uh, community. And so I think first and foremost, you've got to get that uh, you've got to get that mindset right. And then secondary to that is you've got to plan it. Like if you're not planning and having conversations and discussions with your wife or whoever may be involved uh, with regards to your money, you're not going to succeed. And too many people say, "Oh, I'll do this quarterly. I'll do this every year with my accountant." No, it needs to be done every single week. That'd be like going to say, hey, "I'm going to train martial arts once a quarter." Like you're not going to get better than the guy who doesn't do it at all. And so I think you've got to be very disciplined about doing money-type uh, routines and having conversations about how money works with your, your, your spouse on a regular basis. And if that means involving a financial planner because you need that help, man, do it. Well, however it's going to get done, make sure you get it done. Have you gotten any takeaways or any lessons since you started Order of Man? Anything that you've uh, realized or anything that you've realized maybe that you need to work on or maybe things that you could do for the future to make yourself better from helping, what is it, 28,000 guys, <laughs> you know, that page, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, the biggest thing for me and one of the things I hear more than anything else is there's a lot of confidence issues among men in society today. And somehow we've, we've come across this belief that we're entitled to be confident, that if we see a confident man, we're like, oh, that guy's lucky. He's so confident. It's not like that. Confidence doesn't work like that. There's arrogance, and, and some people can just fake that, but confidence is earned. And what I mean by that is you don't just get to have it because you're breathing or a, you're a human being. You've got to earn that confidence. And so if you're not confident with women or you're not confident with your, your martial arts skills or you're not confident with your body or you're not confident in your relationship or you're not confident asking for a raise, the only reason you're not confident is because you haven't done it enough. So for me, I've really discovered that, that the, the longer that I've been on this path – and it's only been two years at this point – uh, the more that I realize is that me and other men need to learn how to take action, learn how to take action, be courageous enough to step forward and raise your hand and say, I'm going to do this because, and when you do that, you're not going to be great at it and you're going to struggle and you're going to flounder and you're going to flail and, and your profession, people are going to beat on you and you're going to get banged up and injured and things like that. But that's the only way. The only way to build confidence in your life and become the man that you are meant to be is through the actions that you're taking and display of courage that's required in order to take that action. There's a lot of uh, podcasts out there, a lot of great blogs out there regarding masculinity, regarding you know manhood and all these things. Uh, but I think what's really interesting with what you're doing, what really makes yours stick out, is that you're really creating this community. And uh, in fact, you guys meet, uh, and I believe you call the some. I, I believe there's a there's a meetup called the Uprising, and yeah. you also have something called the Iron Council. Could you please elaborate on those two things? So the Iron Council, I started that about a little over a year ago, and the goal there was to really give guys the tools and the guidance and direction and accountability from other guys in order to get their lives to the next level. So we're doing challenges, and we do weekly calls, and we have assignments, and there's, there's 
battle brothers and they're pushing each other and they're holding their feet to the fire. And I'm sure you guys do something similar within your profession as well. Uh, it's just a way for guys to band together shoulder to shoulder and go attack that thing together. Uh, and it's been, it's been great. You know, these guys are, I get messages every day from the guys inside the iron council that are seeing uh, weight loss and, and they're building strength and they're communicating with their wives and reconnecting with their kids. They're asking for raises, they're starting businesses. They're doing all the things that they want to have out of life. So we've got that. Uh, the uprising was initially an extension of that. Uh, it's, it's not open to everybody. We did one a couple of weeks ago as of this recording, and we had 28 participants there. Uh, and, and the goal is to bring these guys into my hometown in southern Utah and give them an experience unlike any other. And the best way that I can describe it is that if I can get them to literally bleed, sweat, and cry, I feel like I've done my job. And I push these guys physically, mentally, emotionally, and I get them to challenge themselves and the way they're thinking about things uh, and in the way they're, they're thinking about life and their relationships. And these guys walk away with a new frame of reference and a new skill set to take into life to succeed. It's pretty cool. It's powerful stuff, man. It was awesome. I saw the video. It looks really awesome. I'd love Did to you? check yeah. one out. Yeah, I mean, I would love to take part yeah, in that one. Yeah, I'd love to have you out. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm curious. You, you have, you've done so much in the last two years. You know, you've been very consistent on the podcast, you know, watching you develop through Facebook and Instagram and all these things. Um, you know, what does the future hold for a man? Do you have any aspirations possibly making a book or anything like that anytime soon? Yeah, books definitely on the horizon. We're working through the uh, the first draft right now, so the book's definitely going to be something coming out soon. So that's that's part of it. Uh, we're going to be doing some more regional meetups. Uh, that's going to be part of it. We're taking the uprising event uh, internationally, so there's another component. I mean, there's always something, and and I tend to be a little bit excited about projects and and be a great implementer, but I'm not always the best follow through guy. Uh, which which is okay in this context because order of man and the work that we're doing allow me to experiment with new things that just sound cool. You know, when it came to the came to the uprising, I had that idea in the middle of the night. I woke up, I wrote it down in my notebook, and I went to sleep. The next morning, I woke up and I booked the uh, lodge that we were going to do it at. The next morning I woke up and I'm like, what the hell did I just do? Like I booked this lodge. I don't even know what this looks like. I don't even know how I'm going to get people to this thing, but I've always been a, an action taker. So if I have an idea this afternoon or based on uh, something from this conversation, I'm going to go implement it. And that's what's cool. I can try a lot of different things, see what sticks and get rid of what doesn't. That's awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to any of these cool things, and I will definitely get a copy of your book. Hopefully, we'll have right you on. back on this on this podcast pretty soon. But um, you know, I I just became a father recently. I'm a new father. Um, back in November, we, he's now five, going on six months. Uh, awesome, I have a son man. named Ethan. Thank you. Um, and I know that you have children as well. And I was wondering if you had any you know uh, advice for someone in my position as a new dad, as well as you know, uh, if your sons were listening to this right now, what would you like them to hear you say? Maybe a life lesson, something like that. Yeah, so there's there's one skill that I think all of us can develop a little bit more proficiently, and if we do, this literally transforms our entire life. Every element of our life will be changed if we learn how to be great communicators. We learn how to be assertive communicators. There's four communication styles. There's passive, which is the weakling who gets stomped on because he's not a, not willing to say uh, what needs to be said. There's the guy who's aggressive, who's the macho, arrogant jerk. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. And, and at the end of the day, he's probably scared more so than the, the, uh, the passive communicator. Then you have the passive aggressive guy, which that, pa that passive aggressive 
person is uh, the sarcastic one, makes a joke about everything and hides their own fear behind this wall of sarcasm and humor. And not that humor is bad, but if that's your defense mechanism, it's a problem. Uh, and then there's the fourth component, which is a, an assertive communicator. An assertive communicator is somebody who can recognize what needs to be said, who can approach a, a situation with tact and class, can bring up what's on their mind. I'm sure this even goes when it comes to fighting as well. You know, you have a guy that's completely aggressive and he's going to get destroyed. Somebody who's passive is going to get some destroyed. You need to know as a as a as a uh, uh, an assertive fighter, for example, when to go on the offense, when to go on the defense, when to be patient, when to push. This is the exact same thing I'm talking about with communication. And the more that we can bring up what's on our mind and share it in an effective way, the better off we're going to be and the better man we're going to be when it comes to protecting, providing, and presiding. So uh, we're running down a little bit on time. And so I know you like to ask your uh, interviewees a uh, question at the end. And one of the questions that I ask uh, people on my show is, in your opinion, what does it mean to be a hero? Hmm. That's an interesting one. What does it mean to be a hero? Because in order to be a hero, you need to have saved somebody else from peril or something. And I don't look at it like that. Um, the way that I look at it is rather than being that quote unquote quintessential hero, I look at myself as, as, as a lighthouse. And what I mean by that is that a lighthouse is, is immovable, right? It's steadfast. It's a rock. It doesn't move. And yet it warns, right? And it, and it illuminates and it lets other people see what's going on and it keeps the, the channels open and it keeps things safe and it keeps things clear and it lets everybody know what's going on. Yet it never comes down from its pedestal, its rock, its foundation in order to chase people around who maybe aren't willing to do what's required to save themselves. And so I think a hero is somebody who's not afraid to put themselves out there, who's not afraid to face some adversity, who's not afraid to face some trial, who's not afraid of saying uh, everything that's been on his mind. Now I got my dog. Hold on a second. Hold Don't worry, man. You're good. You're good, brother. You're good. He's chewing on a squeaky tennis ball. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, so that that's what a hero is to me, you know, that lighthouse, that that immovable object who is just doing what he needs to be doing from a position of strength and allowing those that want to be saved and helped to come to him and shine for those people. Right on, man. I love that definition, man. So I just want to say thank you for coming on to my show today, man. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Um, and your work has uh, influenced my life as well as the life of my students. So I, I, on behalf of them and our tribe, I want to say thank you, Ryan. Thank you very much, man. Mike, appreciate you, brother. Thanks a lot for having me on. All right, guys, so there you have it, my interview with the Ryan Mickler of the Order of Man podcast. Guys, please feel free to check out the Order of Man podcast. Subscribe to it. I guarantee that if you are a guy listening to this, the Order of Man can only help you to become the best version of yourself for those you love, for those you work with, and those that you serve. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into Episode 5. I look forward to seeing you in Episode 6. Take care, guys. God bless, and remember to be the hero in your life.